the Lord. Glory to God tonight. Message tonight, somebody cares. Somebody cares, and his name is Jesus. 1 Peter 5, 7, let's begin there. The Bible says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. In this verse, there is your care and there is his care. And as you might suspect, there are two different words for the word care in this verse. Your care has a particular word and his care has a different word. Your care, merimna, means anxious thoughts, to pull in pieces, to distract, to cause a person to come apart, to be filled with anxious thoughts, casting all your care. Sometimes we feel like we're coming apart at the seams. That's that anxiety, that's that anxious care that we feel. But his care is something different. The word mele, meaning the care of foresight and foresight and provision, love, thought and interest. His care is like the care of a parent for their child. A parent has care for their child. They look to protect them, to provide for them. There's thoughtful interest that goes forth, and that is how our Lord is. Your care and his care, where tonight we're casting all our care on him, our anxieties, our pulling in pieces that goes on inside of us sometimes, and we're casting our care because we have his care his foresight, his interest upon our lives. Now in Mark chapter 4, there's an interesting story. Verse 36, Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. I mean, he was under a lot of ministry load. He was worn out. You can tell how exhausted he was that he could sleep in that windstorm. He was out. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? Carest thou not? that we perish? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? You know what word they use? The word melee. Don't you have consideration? Don't you have foresight? Don't you have interest in what's happening to us? Jesus sound asleep, but that was an innuendo he could not ignore. To cast that kind of a slight on the character of God and on who he was, on the person of Jesus Christ, he said, I don't care how tired I am, I'm getting up, I'm going to address that. Wind, be still, sea, calm. Why is it that you have no faith? You know, there are some things that Jesus can't take lying down. 
And one of them is an insinuation that he doesn't care about his people. Somebody cares. His name is Jesus. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, what do you say? What are the words of your mouth? So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What a powerful promise of the Lord in Scripture. The Bible says, for he himself has said. The phrase is intensive in the Greek. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can circumstances do to me? I am in the care and the love and the hand of the Lord. It's interesting, the first phrase, I will never lose, leave you, has a double negative in the original language. I will not, I will not, I will never, I will never leave you. And the second phrase, forsake you, has a triple negative. I will not forsake you, I will not forsake you, I will not forsake you. I will not leave you in the lurch. I will not leave you helpless. I will not leave you hopeless. I will not leave you to the winds. I will not leave you to the circumstances. I will uphold you. I will sustain you. These are mighty promises of God. And what do we say? So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. That's our voice. That's our word in time of trouble. Now the Amplified Bible has it more clearly. Hebrews 13, 5 to 6. For he, God himself, has said. It's like an oath from the Lord. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? So we may boldly say, somebody cares and his name is Jesus. And let there not be a slur on our part. Let there not be an insinuation on our part. I don't know if the Lord cares about me. He's going to get, get up in the midst of the storm. He's going to come out of a deep sleep to address that. Because he wants us to know how much he cares. And his word is there. And we believe his word. Let God be true and every man a liar. In God I will praise his word. In God I will praise his word. In God I will praise his word. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God himself has said, I will not, I will not, I will not forsake you. I will not leave you alone. I will not desert you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Well, I want to play off the word care tonight. I'm sure there are many words that could be used, but these are the ones that are on my spirit tonight. C-A-R-E. 
C stands for concern. He's concerned about us in a positive and loving way. Psalm 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The Lord's eyes are always upon us. He's watching over us. He's got the concern, dutiful concern like a parent does over their child. And it doesn't matter how long you live. If you're a parent, you have that dutiful concern. You have that interest. You have that measure that goes out toward your children. Luke 15, 4 to 5. If a sheep is lost on the mountains, he cannot rest. That's the picture of our Lord Jesus. If one of his people, one of his sheep has been lost and strayed, he cannot rest till he finds it and brings it home. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not save the, leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Have you felt the Lord go after you? I have in my life. He searches us out. He's concerned about us. Isaiah 49, 14 to 16, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. Have you ever said that? The Lord, I'm not sure he cares about me, what I'm going through, what's happening in my circumstance in life. Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. The Lord's response, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget. It's possible in this broken world. Yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. The Lord bears eternal scars in his hands. He came out of the grave in resurrection power, fully healed, fully restored. But he said, I'm going to keep the nail prints in my hands and the wound in my side because throughout eternity my people are going to know how loving my hands are toward them and how I care for them. I've, I've inscribed them in the palms of my hands. He cares about us. He's concerned about us. You know, the Lord's care over us is like the care of godly parents. It's, it unfolds rather normally. It's there. General care that's upon us all the time. But what happens, what happens to a parent when a child is injured, when a child is hurting? All of a sudden, special care springs into action. And that is why when we're going through trial or heaviness or sorrow or bereavement, some great difficulty, that is why we feel his presence particularly near. He comes and comforts his people. He's like a parent that runs to the aid of their child. What parent could see their child cut and bleeding and not run to help them, to hear their cry and come and bind up their wound and help them and encourage them? God is the same way with us. C is for concern. He's concerned about us. He's concerned about us. 
casting all our care on him because he cares for us. His concern is upon, our, our life is upon his heart. He's concerned over us. Letter A. A stands for affection. Jeremiah 31.3, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. His love is affection. He cares for us. He's concerned. He has affection on the second point. John 15 and verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide, be at home, live in my love. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. You know what he's telling us? The same love that the God the Father has for his Son, Jesus Christ, is the same love we experience from our Lord and Savior. Now we got to let that sink in. John said, we know and have believed the love that God has for us. We have to believe it. We receive it. I know I am loved by you, and I can't get enough of your love. A stands for affection. Let's take that into our spirit. How greatly we're loved of God. Well, one verse that I can't get enough of is Luke chapter 15 and verse 20. It's the story of the prodigal son. He said, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Here it is. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Every one of us was a prodigal. All of us gone astray, turned to our own way. But one day in our repentance, we came to ourselves in repentance. We said, I'm not going to live a hog's life anymore because that's all life is outside of Christ and outside the Father's house compared to his feast and his table and his provision. It's a hog's life. We came to ourselves in repentance. We said, we're going to go back to our Father. We knew our sinfulness. We knew our waywardness. I'm going to say to my father, I've sinned. I'm not worthy to be a son, but could you at least make me a hired servant so I can eat the food and be part of your family and part of your kingdom? The young man came stumbling across the field, broken. But the father was looking for him. And there on the horizon, he saw a figure, and he knew who it was. And the Bible says the father ran to him. He had compassion. He fell on his neck, and tears streamed down the father's face because of the love for that son. That's how much God loves us. Tears pouring down his cheeks to receive us. Father, I've sinned. I, I'm not worthy to be your son. He said, we're not even talking about that. I've dealt with that in my redemption for you. 
bring the best robe. Let's put the robe of righteousness on this son and let's put authority on him and let's put sandals on his feet and let's kill the fatted calf and let's begin to rejoice because my son is home. That's the love of God. That's the love of God for us. He comes running for us. R stands for restoration. Stands for restoration. Mark 16 and 7. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. This is one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible. But go tell his disciples and Peter. Say, not Peter. Surely not Peter, the denier. The denier. Peter didn't deny the Lord deliberately. There's a big difference between a Peter and a Judas. Peter did not deny the Lord deliberately. He was not defiant. He didn't want to hurt the Lord. But there was a weakness in Peter that took him out. There was a, a weakness yet in Peter. And Jesus said to him, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. He has desired to have you, and in my holy administration, he's going to sift you tonight. Now, Satan had a plan. He wanted to sift Peter out and let the wind blow him away. Another Judas casualty. But Jesus said, I've prayed for you, Peter. You don't have a betraying heart. You want to walk with me. You want to know me. But there's a weakness in you. I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Jesus said, I'm praying that tonight something will get sifted out of you and you will never deny me again. See, Satan wants to sift us out and blow us away, but God comes to sift something out of us. So we come to greater strength, greater strength. Peter, so quick to answer the Lord, I will, not, I will not deny you, though all men forsake you, and even these other disciples around the table, though all forsake you, I will not forsake you. I will even go to prison for you, Lord. I will even die for you, Lord. Now to his credit, Peter pulled a sword in the Garden of Gethsemane, to protect the Lord. Bible says the other disciples fled, but Peter followed at a distance at the arrest of the Lord. And then along with John, they made their way into the courtyard of interrogation. And there he was warming himself at a fire. But it wasn't long after that he denied the Lord. I do not know the man. Bible says he began to swear and a curse oath upon his life. Jesus of Nazareth, I don't know the man. And all of a sudden the cock crowed. And Jesus turned and looked at Peter. And Peter, the Bible says, went out and wept bitterly. How could he ever forgive himself? How could he ever face the Lord again? That was Friday night. You think of the turmoil in that disciple's life over the next couple of days. 
But early Sunday morning, there were some women that were coming to a tomb. They didn't know it was now empty and the Lord had risen, but they were coming to the tomb. I need some angels, quick. I need some angels. I need a message sent to the disciples. Go, angels, go to those women, tell them, go tell my disciples and Peter that I'm going before them. I can't imagine what those words meant to that disciple Peter. God is a God who wants to restore. When we deny, when we fail because of weakness, not because of a willful heart that we don't want to walk with the Lord, we want to betray him, but when we are stumbling along sometimes in our weakness, and we haven't come to strength yet, and things haven't been sifted out of us enough, and we fall. The Lord is there with his restoration. R is for restoration. He comes to lift us up. Galatians 6.1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. If somebody's overtaken, somebody stumbles, some young Christian, some advanced Christian, maybe who isn't dealing with things properly, if somebody's overtaken in a trespass, in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. And how about this verse, Romans 8, 32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? R stands for restoration. Maybe you're here tonight and you need this word. Maybe you need this word in your life. Our Lord cares for us. Cast your care on him. He cares for you. He has concern for you. He has affection for you. He has restoration for you. And finally, E stands for encouragement. Encouragement. The word encourage means to inspire with courage. To instill hope. To instill spirit. If we will listen to the Lord in our lives, he speaks encouragement to us. He wants to put courage. He wants to put hope. No matter what we're facing, no matter the situation, no matter the world in which we live, he wants to put courage in us so we can walk with him and overcome. Deuteronomy 3.28, but command Joshua, the word to Moses, but command Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him for he shall go over before this people and he shall cause them to inherit the land which you shall see encourage joshua moses before you die there's one thing i want you to do i want you to infuse the next generation that joshua generation with courage so they can take the land and they can inherit the blessing of god and they can move forward in the will of God properly. Four times in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua 1, 6, four times we hear these words. Joshua 1, 6, be strong and of good courage. 1, 7, only be strong and very courageous. Not only of a good courage, but very courageous. 1, 9, 
Words to the same person. Be strong and of, a, and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 118. Only be strong and of good courage. Four times in one chapter to one man. Why? Because the Lord knew what Joshua was up against. And he knows what we are up against as we go to inherit the future for our family and for the kingdom of God. He says, I want to infuse you with courage. I want to instill courage into your life. Now there's encouragement and there's discouragement. We either have courage or we have discourage. And discourage takes us down. But God comes, he says, I want to put courage in you. If we will listen to the voice of the Lord, it doesn't matter what we're facing. He will put courage into us. Be my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. God himself has said, I will never leave you. I will never, never, never forsake you. So let's get some boldness in our spirit and say, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? God cares for me. His eyes are always over me. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open unto their cry. He has the concern of a parent. I've, ins I've engraven you upon the palms of my hands. He has affection, the same love that God the Father has for Jesus Christ is the same love Jesus has for you. He comes running across the field. He restores. He lifts us up. He builds us. He's our encourager. Job 22, 29, when men are cast down, then thou shalt say, there is lifting up. And he shall save the humble person. Worship ministry come. When, there, when men are cast down, then you shall say there is lifting up. Somebody cares about us. And when we're cast down, he says there is lifting up. And he will save the humble soul. If we will cast ourselves on the Lord, cast our care on him, he will lift us up. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He is with us every day of our life in every situation. Cast all your care on him tonight, for he cares for you. When you feel that human care being pulled apart, feel like I'm coming apart at the seams, I'm distracted, I'm going in many directions at once, I'm, I'm pulled by anxiety and fear, that fear, cast that fear on the Lord. Say, Lord, you care about me with forethought, with interest. You know exactly what I'm going through. You're by my side. I will boldly say, you are my helper right now. And the presence and the word of God will come and minister to you because God is faithful to his word and faithful to his people. Well, let's close out. Psalm 142, verses 3 to 5. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path. In the way in which I walk, they have secretly set a snare for me. 
Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Let's stand together tonight. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. You know, in the general tenor of this word tonight, it may be that there is somebody here that struggling with anxiety and wondering about the care of the Lord. Wonder no more. This is the word. This is the word of God to each of us tonight. If you're here tonight and you're struggling and you need some help and say, I'm going to cast my care on the Lord. I'm going to begin to boldly declare the Lord as my helper. I'm going to trust in his concern. I'm going to receive his affection. I'm going to honor his restoration. I'm going to accept his encouragement into my life. And you'd like to slip out from where you are and make your way down to the altar. Let the Lord minister to you for a few minutes. Just let that care go. Cast it off. It hinders. It discourages. It discourages us. It breaks us. It keeps us from the inheritance. God says, I want to strengthen you so that you can inherit for your family. And you can inherit for the kingdom of God. Strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Let's cast our care on the Lord tonight. We all face discouragement. We all face that pulling at times in our heart and our soul. The Lord is our refuge. He's our helper. And tonight, by these words of the Lord, that they would go into our heart and strengthen us and establish us tonight that all of us would be ministered to and encouraged in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those who have come to the altar, just cast your care on the Lord. Whatever it is that's bothering you, Lord, I throw this over on you right now. This is not for me to carry. This is something of my human nature. This is something the devil wants to play on. This is something that wants to turn me out of the way. I cast this away. I cast this over on you. I know you love me. I know you're concerned about me. I know you want to give me a good future. I know you want me to inherit the land like Joshua and his generation. I know there's good ahead of me. I know there's bountiful blessing ahead of me. I cast this care so I am not hindered and I put my trust in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord together tonight.